Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, September 24th, 2021. The last Friday of September. What's going on? How are you? My name is Quinn. This is my show. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate the support. It's good to see you. We are live on YouTube, which is very exciting. Something that I haven't done too much of lately. Frankly, just haven't made the effort. Um, And, you know, live streaming in general. I know we mentioned Twitch and all that good stuff last week. It's just, you know, it's like I kind of like the allure of being behind the scenes living in the shadows i'm a lurker on reddit so why can't i be a podcast lurker as well um you know i'm not i I don't do this podcast contrary to what you might think i don't do this show to like get famous or be in you know big bright lights i i'm kind of here to just be a voice of the people we are the people's podcast that's one of our taglines and we don't uh, whip out too frequently but it is true we are one of the top 500 podcasts on the north side of Chicago. We are the People's Podcast. We are your number one source for misinformation. And my name is Quinn David Furness, the Karachi King. Hello to all my friends out there, Hyderabad, Karachi, Khyber Pass, and other areas where podcasts are found. If you're listening to this, go ahead and give us a big thumbs up uh, on Facebook, like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's some other stuff on there as well, including a really bad Brian McKnight cover from uh, two weeks ago. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. Uh, And whatever podcast app you're listening to us on, uh, thank you for streaming today. Beantownpodcast.com slash podcast or beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, this beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. You might be out there thinking, Quinn, you don't know how to spell. Being, what is that, okay? This is what, episode 194? You figure you would know how to spell by now. And I got to tell you, that ties very nicely into what we're talking about today on the show. It's not going to be a terribly long episode because really we're going to do a Real Housewives check-in season or episode two of season two was last Sunday. Uh, and then we're going to get into kind of what we're talking about today, which is a, a smaller topic. Uh, essentially, if you're curious where we're going, words that have multiple spellings, multiple acceptable spellings. I'm not talking homonyms. You know, him, H-I-M, him, H-Y-M-N, that sort of thing. We're talking like, and the example that got me thinking about this was, and it wasn't because I talked about this on my show like a month ago, but canceled versus canceled. I was spelling it out, and I'll get get to the context in a second. It's not that interesting, but I'll get to the context in a second. I was spelling it out first with two L's because I feel like that's just like the natural thing. And then I started looking at it and I was like, is that one too many L's? And then I went down to the one L like I'm starting law school. And I was like, well, that looks a little thin. So I'm caught, you know, torn between these two warring factions, one L, two L, you know, just, I just need a summer externship placement and I've got two thirds of my law school career done. But I, so I went and looked it up, and I'm like, what's the correct way to go about this? We, do we want one L? Do we want two Ls? And I learned either is acceptable. So that got me thinking, and that's pretty much the context behind the story. I mean, it's not, you don't really need to know, but I, was, I had a software test, a live 
call scheduled uh, for later, um, right after work. And uh, it got canceled, keyword. And, uh, well, I don't even remember. I can look at the site. What, what word do they use or what spelling do they use? They use one L. The mystery deepens. Uh, but basically, I went in. You can go into, like, their submit, uh, you know, a request form. And you're supposed to get compensated if someone cancels, cancels, has only one L, uh, on you be without 24 hours notice. And this was, like, three hours notice, something like that. So I want to go in there and get my, you know, com- you don't get fully compensated. But I can make, like, you know, it was supposed to be a 30-minute a 30 minute $30 thing. So I'm hoping to get at least like 15 out of it um, just for sending an email because it's my trouble. I had committed to work after five on a Friday, which I don't like to do anyone who knows me. That's not my deal. Uh, so that's where we're going to be spending some time. I, I pulled up a list of words on the internet. It's a great place to find words uh, where we can look at some alternative spellings uh, and uh, kind of see what fun stories we encounter along the way. So first and foremost, we're going to be doing our Real Housewives of Salt Lake City recap. And it won't be that long because I feel like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Season 2 probably got saved by the whole Jen Shaw stuff because the rest of it is just like, it's still good. Like, I'm invested in the characters enough to want to, like, watch them and their families and see what's going on. But we really haven't had any amazing, like, interactions yet. Not a lot of, like, drama between ladies, because they keep referencing, um, like, oh, the last time we were all together, the last time we spoke, and then they'll show a flashback to the season one reunion, which if you don't know how they do it in Real Housewives is, like, the women tell all with The Bachelor. Essentially, Andy Cohen sits down. They film it at some point after they finished filming a season, you know, sometimes months later, but then they'll, they'll just show it the week after the season finale. So it all feels like it's all together, and then you have this big break between air uh, airing of seasons. Um, and so, you know, I think when they're, they're filming what we're seeing here on season two, episode two, uh, is like two months after they filmed the reunion. And they're basically, the women are basically saying, uh, outside of the obvious ones like uh, Heather and Whitney, because they're cousins, like they see each other all the time, I'm sure. But a lot of them, and they certainly haven't been all in the same room together since before, uh, since the, the, uh, reunion was was filmed uh one thing i was going to mention and i apologize to everyone listening but i really i have to rely a little bit more on like notes and a crutch to get through the recap uh and the reason why is because this year this season of real housewives they're airing it on sunday nights and previously season one i think was wednesday nights to you know middle of the week something like that wednesday or thursday and for me, honestly, that was just so much better because I have time on Sundays. Like I'm around when it airs typically, but I'm almost always watching football. So it's just like if I'm watching it when it airs, I got football and that on screen. So two screens. Or if I watch it later, I'm usually just like, I don't know. I, I can't really explain it, but I'm less attentive. I don't think I'm less interested or engaged. I'm still really interested, but um that it's it's a little bit tougher to remember. So that's my disclaimer. So we did episode one last week. Um, here's your your brief rundown of all seven ladies now, which is tough. Seven's a lot to uh, to just like 
give airtime to in contrast this season that finished of new york a couple weeks ago or like two months month two months ago something like that was uh only five that's a big difference in terms of like airtime so um we've got uh six ogs from last year one new edition uh we've got heather and whitney they're blonde they're cousins uh is that right heather yeah, yeah. Heather was uh, was uh, is divorced. She has three like teenage daughters. Used to be a Mormon. It's not anymore. Whitney's got three young kids. She's like Minnie Mouse. She slept with her boss, then got divorced to her original husband. Is now married to her boss Justin. Uh, we like Whitney. She's kind of wild. Uh, and then, well, we like Heather too. But she's uh, she's got some like not negative qualities, but just what we're gonna get to at the very end of this episode is one of the reasons why I'm like. Aunt Heather, like, come on, girl. Um, then you've got Lisa, who's like New York, New Jersey accent, something like that. She's got two boys, like, kind of teenager, teenager, her husband, and she runs some business. I don't really understand what it is. Maybe she's in on the Jen Shaw drama. Who knows? Then there's Meredith, went to Loyola Law School. She's got a couple kids. One of her sons, Brooks, is like always on the show. He's a key feature of this episode and our husband, Seth, who I think is now like season one. He was going back and forth between Akron. I thought I heard something about like Mississippi in this episode or something. I don't know if that's accurate. I'll circle back and we'll check in on it. Then we've got Mary Cosby. She's married to her grandmother's widow, uh, Robert Cosby or something like that. And uh, she doesn't really do anything in this show. Moving on. We've got Jen Shaw, who we all know about. We all talk about. She's the worst in this episode made her look really bad too for something that we've never talked about before we'll get to that in a second and uh and then we have jenny the new one i don't even know jenny's last name so there's uh there's uh there's jen and jenny on the show which is just like okay it's kind of silly at this point jenny hasn't really done much lately she's got three kids they're kind of precocious they're young uh she's married to a doctor and she's like a stay-at-home mom apparently she's lisa's friend i think I don't know. She's kind of like, you know, like girl boss attitude, like not going to take, you know, anyone's shit, which is fine. But outside of that, the uh, listener discussion is advised when listening to me and Tom podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use language when we're talking about housewives. Number two, this show is objectively terrible. But outside of that, and it's only been two episodes, okay? But we really haven't gotten to see much else from Jenny so far. So in this episode... We start off, and they always like to do, like, brief little check-ins with, like, three or four of the housewives without a lot of substance. And we basically check in with, like, I'm looking over my recap because I can't even remember. Oh, we get a little bit of Mary. Mary has a couple of sons who are, like, I don't know, like, late teens, early 20s, something like that. Like, way older than you think they would be. Um, And she goes into one of their rooms, and he's got a mini fridge. And it's just, like, water and yogurt in there. And, uh... There was something else interesting about it, but that's how boring Mary is to me. Like, she wasn't supposed to be on the show originally, and it still feels like season two, like they didn't plan for her to be on the show. We really don't get anything with her. And in fact, I'll just tell you what happens the rest of the episode with Mary. She's having her house, uh, like, redesigned, redecorated, or something like that. We saw some of the interior of her house. It was like a putting green, but the entire floor was like that. It was all green. And I think the couches and walls are green too. It's kind of like something Trump would do to, like, represent money. That's Mary Cosby. She's definitely got some weird cult shit going on with the church. And I'm pretty convinced because she's the one that has, like, six houses, right? There's something 
maybe not even illegal going on there, but just like taking advantage of the stupid 10% tithing rule of Christians. Hey, you get a couple, you know, Jeff Bezos's in your, uh, your congregation, 10% of a trillion dollars is like 10% of a trillion. So that'd be pretty crazy. That's maybe that's where she gets her houses from. I don't know. And tax exempt. That's the big thing. Um, so let's see that that's basically all we get from Mary. Okay. That's, that's pretty much all you need to know about Mary. And it's essentially the same thing every it's always she's just in her house doing something not interesting. There you go. That's one down, six to go. Okay, so let's talk about Jen this episode. We can do everything up until the end uh, when we'll finish up with her conversation between her and Heather, which I've alluded to when I talked about Heather earlier. Uh, but basically, we open in Jen's house, which is the new Shaw Chalet, also being rented. And we get our first stew chains appearance, which is big because Jen's not the only one being indicted for fraud and wire fraud and whatever. Her assistant, her first assistant, Stuart, also indicted. Stuart, a.k.a. Stu Chains. Jen, if you don't know, has like six assistants or something like that. And so you're like, well, what does she do? Like, how does she pay these people? Great question. Now we know. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> and what do they assist her on? I don't know. What does Stu Chains do? Apparently, illegal wire fraud activity. That explains it. Uh, so she's in her, like, shoe closet. And as you would expect, just, like, an asinine amount of shoes. And then, all of a sudden, we're introduced to her nephew, I think it was. His name's, like, Dewey or something. Dwayne. That's his name. So we're introduced to Dwayne, a new person. He's, like, this, you know, chill-looking, like, I don't know, mid-20s-year-old black black guy. And he's first, he's like, auntie, you have way too many shoes. And it's like, yeah, we were all thinking that. But then we learn the backstory of Dwayne. Apparently he was like with his family living in some really awful living situation in Los Angeles, like a bad part of town. And he had reached out to Jen knowing that she was a person of significant means being like, hey, auntie. Can you help us get out of here? And she left him on read for like multiple months until she was finally like, you know what? I should text I should text Dwayne back. And now he lives with her apparently. But this is when I mentioned earlier that this episode did not make Jen look good at all. And we haven't even gotten to the illegal stuff yet. That's going to be like mid-season. She literally is like her nephew contacts her because obviously he's living in some really dangerous situation or something to seek help and she's like six months later like oh yeah how's that going by the way do you want to come live with me instead of like if if i had a a nephew and i don't have a nephew but if i had a cousin or a sibling or something that was like hey get me out of here i would be like on expedia 30 seconds later finding a one-way ticket like I don't know. And Jen's like, oh, I was going through all this grief and stuff. My, you know, end of last season, she was having a, some sort of breakdown with Sharif or something. I don't know. But I'm just like, hey, I have bad days too. I'm still checking email, responding to texts. Like, I don't know, Jen. I mean, you're, you're pretty awful. So that's pretty much what's going on with Jen. Oh, but she's connected. Jen is connected to everything here, for better or for worse. So we go to Meredith, and really what Meredith is doing this episode, we it's Meredith and Brooks, and Seth makes a guest appearance too. And I think we talked about this last week. Essentially, 
Jen is directly and indirectly cyberbullying Brooks on social media. What I mean by this is like someone will tweet something homophobic. Not and not just like casual, but like straight up homophobic about Brooks on Twitter and she will retweet it, for example. It's it's the Trump method where you can be like, "Oh, I didn't actually say that. I just retweeted it." Well, Potato, potato, speaking of alternate spellings. Uh, and, like, Instagram, she'll, like, add something to her story that someone tagged her on. It's, like, because basically what this is, goes down to, and Jen, like, talks about this in the episode. Jen's upset that Brooks was offended last season when Jen comes over to Meredith's house and she flashed everyone her, like, actual vagina. And Brooks got upset by that and left the house. Not in, like, an, not in, like, a stomping out fashion but he was with his sister and he's like okay we're just gonna go now he didn't even comment on it you know when it happened he was just like okay we're gonna head out which is perfectly normal when a 45 year old lady comes over and starts flashing her hoo-hoo i wouldn't want to be hanging out there either um and so jen somehow is under the impression that brooks is like sex shaming her or, or like anatomy shaming her for something because he chose to leave the house at that point and so that's her excuse because seth is like talking to meredith or or no lee okay here's what happens to kind of tie all this together lisa and jenny go over to jen shaw's house first time jenny and jen meet and side note, all Jenny really does this episode is we learn that she's got three kids, married to a doctor, and her husband wants more kids, but she does not want to have more kids. Maybe that sets us up for good stuff in the future. I don't know. That's what we know about Jenny this episode. Lisa, we really don't get anything. So Lisa and Jenny go over to Jen Shaw's house, and Lisa's like, hey, you got to cool it with the, like, homophobic cyberbullying of Meredith's son on social media. Like, that's not cool. And in classic Jen fashion, she flips out, not necessarily at anyone, just flipping out in general. And she's like, well, if he wasn't making fun of my vagina, which he hasn't done, by the way, then I wouldn't be sharing homophobic things with him on Twitter or about him on Twitter. And it's just like, she just doesn't get it. Jen has been living in her little world for way too long got way too comfortable with the big bucks from her illegal wire fraud and has some serious issues she's going to need some big time counseling when she heads to the clink because uh i don't even like i'm i'm not a psychologist but i don't even know like how to get started with someone like her she is so far gone it's really wild so that's basically what like Lisa and Jenny talk about while they're over there. Um, Seth and, and Meredith talk a little bit about the cyberbullying. Seth's trying to like calm it down. Meredith's pretty pissed off, which I am totally in her camp on that. We talked about Mary Cosby. Um, the only other really kind of interesting thing before we kind of get into like the final act here of the, the episode. Whitney talks about how her sex life isn't as crazy as it used to be, how she's sometimes only having sex like three or four times a week, to which to that I say like, yikes, only three to four times a week. My goodness. Um, But then she's also talking about like start. she wants this. She started some sort of business. I don't know what it is, but she wants it to be a billion dollar business. And she's also talking about like, oh my gosh, only having sex three or four times a week. So I feel like there's kind of a disconnect there. She's got to. You know, 
not necessarily get her priorities straight, but just like be realistic with her time management assessment. I don't know. She also has like three kids, so she's going to have to figure something out there. But the reason I mention all this, we get one talking head, you know, usually in Housewives, they're like two or three seconds long. And then sometimes you get a slightly extended one if there's like some sort of joke or some some physical humor or something like five seconds. This was a talking head that was like 30 seconds. It took up a lot of the show. And it's basically Whitney talking about not talking, miming is the best word for it, what sex was like before some point and now after some point. It's not like a fixed point, but just like it used to be really good. Now it's like this, et cetera. But she's like going through all the gyrations and the motions. And it was kind of comical, but it was also kind of just like uncomfy. It was like, okay. And also, they let it go for too long. I mean, that was the joke, to let it go for, like, 20, 25 seconds. But it was just, like, all right, like, let's keep it moving. That's essentially what Whitney gets to do this episode. So Whitney and Heather get together, and Jen Shaw had FaceTimed Heather beforehand on the episode, one of those classic candid FaceTimes. And Jen Shaw was basically asking Heather, like, can we get together and talk? Because, and you won't really remember this, but Heather and Jen Shaw are, like, supposed to be friends. But they, Jen Shaw really attacked Heather towards the end of last season, got in her face. The reunion was really ugly. Called her a lot of very unflattering names. Like, I think she called her, like, a manatee or something. Heather's a larger woman. Not fat, but just, like, tall and like solidly built if you've ever seen her uh and so just like very unkind things and uh so apparently jen and heather have not spoken since the reunion and so whitney and heather get together and heather's like hey i'm gonna go meet up with jen like wish me luck essentially and whitney says what we're all thinking basically like what the f like what does she want like she's been so awful to you and to us yada 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 representing the voice of reason and this is where i mentioned earlier like this is my issue with heather not any sort of really bad quality but she just keeps going back and like being cool with jen after jen says all these things not only to heather but like homophobic things about uh you know mary the son and then eventually we'll see what happens with the you know indictment stuff being arrested we'll see where heather stands after that i don't know but so the show ends uh and this scene basically Jen and Heather go to this, like, ice palace. It's actually kind of cool. It looks like the final scene from The Shining. Um, And they talk it out. And for the first, like, three minutes, Jen is basically doing all the talking. And Heather is, like, stone-faced, as she should be, and, like, not giving in or an inch or anything. And then eventually they just kind of, like, reconcile. And apparently they're good again. I don't know. And that's episode two of season two. Of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I hope that was a thorough enough recap for you. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. And we'll do a quick read through. I just got to pull it up here. I promise you the show wouldn't be too long. It'll probably be like 40 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that. Because we got some words that I want to explore. Which I think will be fun. But it's not like I have a list of 50 and I'm going to read through every single one. Because it's only ones that are interesting, I think. Okay, here we go. Home Pride, Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, I got good news for you. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's 
Pets, new home inspection provider. I felt like I was speak, speaking Farsi or something there. Uh, with uh, inspection services, including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate's wrangle hold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, call Steve. He's my dad. Here's how you can uh, contact him. 541-410-0316. He also accepts texts, uh, messages, and data rates may apply. Or visit homebrideoregon.com. And uh, dad did not tell me to tell you all that he accepts texts. I just went out on a wing. Again, that's 541-410-0316. Or you can visit homebrideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon inspection perfection. I want to give a shout-out to the Samson Q2U series. I mentioned last week it had a lot of crud on it. I did not clean it up, so it still has crud on it. From uh, uh, Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. Remember during our ad reads when the third thing was the TV Guide story and how fun that was for that brief moment of glorious history? I still have it in my ad read notes as the third thing, like talk about the TV Guide. That's just, that's a heartbreaker. I don't think we've talked about that for like a year. New listeners, if you're curious, when I lived in Baltimore, I didn't own a TV. It sounds silly now because I have two TVs. But in Baltimore, I had zero TVs. And I essentially like had some spirit points that were expiring, but I couldn't cash them in for a flight because I only had like 17 or something. So they're like, here, you can get this magazine subscription instead. And all the options they offered were pretty awful. Like I would have taken like Sports Illustrated or Playgirl, whatever. But no, it's like here are all these awful options. TV Guide I thought would be the fun one because it was ironic because I don't have a television. So I did it, and I got the first – I think it was four – it was three or four copies that I got. And it was supposed to be like a year-long subscription, and that's what I got. That was it, four copies. That was it. I think I finally recycled those when I left Baltimore. But, yeah, for a brief period of time there, despite not having a a TV, I had a very good sense of what was on TV. So – you know, that was, I was really living the high life there. Uh, okay, let me just finish up something here, uh, a work email, make sure I know what's going on, and then we will move on to our final ad read. Okay, Bob and Weave, oh, this is our friend's Cuts by Q. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle, we all love it, but how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, but different. And, uh, oh, a quick shout-out. This is Wednesday night. Metallica played a pop-up show at Metro in Chicago, which is, like, across the street from Wrigley Field. And apparently tickets were really cheap. I wasn't doing anything Wednesday night. I totally would have gone, but I don't really know Metallica, and I didn't want to go by myself. So, But for anyone who was able to go, I'm sure it was a great time. Uh, and Metro is, like, a very small, intimate venue. I imagine that was a great time. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995, a fact I'm very proud of, and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, Northwest Indiana, and the greater Chicagoland area. From beehives to banks, fauxhawks to flat tops, and everything in between, you got to call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200. I'll screen your call because uh, that's just what I do. Or email cutsbyq at yahoo.com. Again, that's Cuts Q-U-T-Z by Q at yahoo.com okay here we go oh and you need a fresh do something snappy and new just call the experts at cuts by q cuts by q 
All right, good stuff. So welcome to the second half of today's program. It will be uh, much shorter than the first half, I promise. And uh, essentially, we're, we're doing fun with words, specifically words in the English language that could be spelled multiple ways, and, and either way is perfectly acceptable. It's a fascinating uh, feat of language, if you ask me. And uh, we, we mentioned earlier sort of what caused this to come about, where I was canceled um, by a, a, a call later after my, my day job ends. And, uh, well, we went through that already. So here I'm getting closer to my computer here. Hello to those of you, those of you on YouTube. It's good to see you. And, uh, yes, I, I totally went in. If you're not watching, I totally went in with the natural light. The way my new apartment knew I've been living here for four months uh is set up is the couch is directly in front of my big like i don't think this qualifies as a bay window but it's a very long window and so the light streams through there so when i have a computer facing me on the couch you're basically just seeing the shadow of me and the light behind me it's very uh jesusical j-e-s-u-s-i-c-a-l which is not a word and i know it's not a word but it's the best combination of letters I can use to describe how I feel. Uh, sanctical? Is there a, is sanctimonious? Is that the same thing as being saint-like? I think sanctimonious has certain uh, negative connotations that I don't particularly want to be uh, associated with. Sanctimonious, making a show of being morally superior to other people. That's not how I feel. I want like the holy ring above my head kind of Definition without all the uh, moral high ground, uh, you know, my religion is better than yours kind of stuff. Okay? That's what I'm, that's what Jesusical means to me. Angelic? Angelic is usually like soft and sweet, not so much focused on the lighting, but I think we're getting closer. We haven't found the perfect word yet. I should, I, maybe a new feature of the show, we should have a Merriam Webster's dictionary next to us because we always have fun with words and spelling and. It's a very educational program. Okay. I haven't vetted this list. The website is from dailywritingtips.com. 50 words with alternative spellings. All right. Got a hair on my tongue. That's always fun. And this list is according to Merriam-Webster's website. Okay. It says the former spelling is more common than the latter one and is the preferred alternative. However, both are acceptable, such as canceled versus canceled. 1L versus 2Ls. Okay, so there's our first example. Okay, here's a good one that I haven't thought of uh, too much, but it it makes sense. It's a big word. Acknowledgement or acknowledgement. And uh, the big difference comes towards the end, whether you have an E between the G and the M. So you get to acknowledge. The word acknowledge has an E at the end because otherwise it would be like, some weird German medieval something. But when you add the ment to it in order to make it a noun, meaning something that has been acknowledged, I feel like, I feel like LeVar Burton right now. This is great. Um, I should, we should get a, I should do this on like Chicago public television or something. WTTW 11. Is that what it is? Hey, sign me up. Looked outside, but no one from, uh, television industry was around 
that E, uh, does it go between the G and the M? Uh, or do you, when you add the ment to acknowledge, do you slice off that E to get more efficient? I don't know. Apparently, according to Merriam-Webster, the lack of E is the preferred method. Mm, very interesting. Merriam-Webster, famous. Uh, Noah, Noah were first name basis, famous for being efficient, uh, which is why he got rid of the E. Okay, next one down. Oh, this is a classic that I come across very frequently in emails. Advisor versus advisor. Hmm. The preferred method is with the E, according to uh, Noah. And uh, the alternative option has an O, advisor versus advisor. This is a really interesting one. I feel like, you know, obviously advise has an E or it'd be advise O. Um, I probably I probably go with the E in my casual day-to-day life when I'm typing. Uh, I, think, I think the A-D-V-I-S-O-R, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't naturally go for that, but I also wouldn't think twice if I saw it. I think it, I think of the OR as feeling more like British, um, and the ER feels a little bit more American, like America. But I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. This is an interesting one I haven't really thought about. And um, now that I'm looking at it, the A definitely doesn't look natural to me. Ambience versus ambience. One has an E between the I and the N. One has an A. A-M-B-I-E-N-C-E is the preferred option. A-M-B-I-A-N-C-E. And you will hear some people getting really fancy when they say ambiance or ambience. You know, this is America, so I'm ambient. But uh, again, ambient, right, has an E. There's no ambient with an A at the end. But ambience, ambiance, maybe it just comes down to, you know, how you prefer to say it. Are you like a fancy Frenchman or are you more... uh, good white god-fearing american i'm not gonna be the one who tells you okay uh there's some on here that i like don't understand have never seen before so let's include an example of that as well a paul versus a paul a paul has two l's two p's two l's close open and closed book okay so i don't know what noah's thinking on this one but he has an alternate spelling it a p p a l that's a pal my friend that's someone you you know you, you go to road trips with or antiques road show tapings or you know arthur's dog a pal okay moving on uh oh this is a classic this is a this is a good one donut or donut I kind of like the GH, okay? It makes me feel fancy. It makes me feel loved. Um, and even in Chicago, you'll see, like, business names that have both D-O-N-U-T-S, dough, nuts, and then other ones that are like, oh, no, this is actually dough. This isn't do nuts. This is dough, G-H, <sighs> nuts. It's very interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, Gibson's Donuts, that's got to be a D-O-N-U-T-S. N-U-T-S, right? Memphis, America, don't need extra letters. But Stan's Donuts, is that that's across the street from me. I think that's also a, a, a D-O, what am I spelling? D-O-N-U-T-S. Okay, yeah, Stan's Donuts is D-O-N-U-T-S. Let me check on Gibson's while I'm here. Um, that's down in Memphis, for those of you who don't know. I think that's also Gibson's Donuts. But then there's like, there's got to be some other businesses that I just can't think of that have the classic GH, right? Um, I can't seem to find any off the top of my head that I'm thinking of, but they certainly exist, okay? 
You'll just have to take my word for it. And Noah Webster lists the GH as the preferred spelling. I think the the uh, the shorter version is more like new school kind of cool stuff. Okay. Another example of one that I've never heard of and would never make sense to me, enroll versus enroll, as in you are, will enroll in a class. Two L's, obvious, okay? One L, that's listed here, doesn't make sense to me. Uh, this, is a, this is a classic one that brings me back to my Scott Farrell days. Glamour versus glamour. Okay, so one is like old school, more European, G-L-A-M-O-U-R. And then there's also G-L-A-M-O-R, which... Either one like sound or looks fine to me, but when I see that extra U in there, as in glamour, it makes me think of Scott Farrell's book because among many very odd things about this man, and there are many, he likes to do British spellings. So like here's an example. Color, color. Right? This is America. No one spells color C-O-L-O-U-R. You're you're gonna get laughed out of every establishment in town if you buy a coloring book, okay? This is color. Uh, so what is this C-O-L-O-U-R kind of, you know, French pansy crap? I don't know. Get out of here. But if you read Scott Farrell's book, which I encourage you not to do, and it's actually off the market. I don't think we've – I've mentioned this before. I would still check in on it here and there, uh, and I've done the audiobook, all that stuff. But if you uh, you can't buy it anymore, he's delisted it, which means that friend of the podcast, Matthew Feather and I, who we bought each other copies as gifts, which is hilarious. Um, we we probably uh, like honestly knowing Scott and I can't you know judge how many copies is sold by anything other than what I know about him and you know his lack of a perceived lack of a social circle based off of his autobiography, lack of family, etc. I can't imagine that that thing sold more than 10 copies. So, hey, I, I was going to say maybe we'll be rich someday. We won't, but it's kind of fun to, to know that you have that much power in your hands. And we really need a sequel, okay? I don't want to spend too much time, and I'm almost done here, I promise, uh, talking about Scott Farrell on the Beantown Podcast for a variety of reasons. But uh, the show ends, and he's still kind of like, Bumbling around Rockford, living at his grandma's house, you know, like doing weird cam shows, just strange stuff. And now he's like legitimately like he's he's gone to the gym, works out a lot. He works for Amazon. He lives in Seattle. Um, he's still single from what I can tell. He I don't know how much I want to disclose here. He does a lot of really weird, kinky stuff, okay? I'm going to leave it at that. With all that in mind, yeah, we need a sequel. The Scott Farrell Autobiography Part 2, Not Dead Yet, or I Didn't Die After the First One, I guess. Okay, uh, oh, here's a classic, Gray versus Gray. I have no idea on this one. I think I use both interchangeably. I don't write that word very often. Um, And I think A feels more natural to me, E feels British, but A is considered the uh, preferred option, according to Noah Webster. Okay. Oh, this is a this is a classic. We've already kind of done the E being uh, swapped out or or niched um, due to efficiency's sake. Judgment versus judgment. And here's a real question: Terminator Two, belching a little bit here. Judgment Day. Take your guesses now. 
and I will as well because I haven't started typing it yet. Is there an E in the judgment? The, uh, is there a first E in the judgment as in Terminator 2 Judgment Day? So we're talking about J-U-D-G-M-E-N-T or J-U-D-G-E-M-E-N-T. This is fascinating. You got to rack your brain. You got to remember when you were a kid in the 1980s and you saw Terminator 2 Judgment Day for the first time. Is there an E? I'm going to give you five more seconds. And I'm going to guess no E is my guess. Terminator, this is huge. Terminator 2, no E. Well, there's one at the end. But no E in the middle of Judgment, as in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And... uh Boy, we're learning a lot. We're doing Judgment Day. We're doing spellings. Uh, oh, uh, this is another kind of British versus English one, but imposter versus impostor with an O or an E at the end. Who knows? Uh, this is one that I come across quite often because often I will text friends asking them if I am this or if something's wrong with me or what it is. Likeable versus likable. Another one where we're trying to get more efficient. But this one is is – yeah, we're just kind of like moving some vowels around or getting rid of an E, keeping an E. So likable. Is it like and then able or is it like likable? L-I-K-E-A-B-L-E or L-I-K-A-B-L-E. I think the like the longer version with the E feels like it should be right to me, but I find myself typing it without the without the E because I tend like Noah Webster. I tend to like efficiency. I tend to move things together. I want to be quick, agile, deft, D-E-F-T. I don't think there's an alternate spelling of that, is there? What does deft mean, you might be asking? Uh, deft, neatly, skillful, and quick in one's movements. Well, you're looking at it, folks, right here. Uh, if there's one thing I'm frequently described as, it's skillful uh okay let's see we're almost done here we're finishing up another one that i have never seen before mollusk with a k yes versus mollusk with a c what what language is that klingon or something uh here we go oh this is a classic french one omelet versus omelette i think i like the shorter version omelette just seems bloated uh, this one I've never uh, seen because I think they're two separate things, right? Opossum versus possum. Those are two separate animals, aren't they? Opossum versus possum. Okay. So we're going to get to the bottom of this. Oh, BobVila.com. How we've never been on this site before. Tried true trustworthy home advice. And here's an article about possums. Of course. What's the difference? Possum versus a possum. Okay. Yeah, here we go. So I'm feeling like this website, uh, not BobVilla.com, but DailyWritingTips.com was perhaps not well-researched because I wouldn't say giraffe versus elephant, right? They're different animals. Um, let's see. While they have similar names, possums and opossums are distinct animals. Seven key differences between these marsupials. Okay, and then he lists seven key animals. If you're curious, and I, this is probably the easiest one to wrap your head around possums are native to australia new zealand and china well opossums with the o live in america and southern canada so the ones you've seen in your lifetime more than likely are opossums okay so there's actually there's a lot of difference going on here uh, which is really cool they're really like cute animals 
I don't know. I think they're neat. Okay, let's let's get uh, to the end of this here. See if there's anything else that I really want to mention. Um, um, pom pom. I don't even know. Oh, racket versus racket. That's a classic. You want to get fancy with your Q U E T or stick to the American C K version. Um, do, 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 do. I think you know, theater versus theater. I mean, that's an all-time classic. If that was earlier in the list, we definitely would have talked about that. And I don't. I'm trying to think. Is there like an official, in terms of their definitions, difference between when you should use theater and when you should use theater uh, with the R E versus the E R? We you can look that up on your own. That'll be your your homework for next week. Um, like DePaul's theater school R E. Auditorium theater, I think that's also RE. Is that just more of like a, you know, old school? No, uh, yeah, auditorium theater, T-R-E. Is it just more old school? Does it mean something different? What exactly do we got going on there? So that's a good one to think about. And, uh, yeah, there's some other ones on here. Some of them are, are kind of interesting. But um, that's that's pretty much like what uh, what I wanted to to go through here. Let's see if there's anything else. Yeah. I, there's some other ones on there. If you want to check it out, dailywritingtips.com slash 50 words with alternative spellings. Um, but you'll have to deal with this nonsense with possums and opossums. So who who knows who you can trust? But I wanted to have some fun with words. I wanted to do some spelling. I wanted it to be educational for the kids. So I apologize for those swear words I dropped earlier. But uh, this turned out to be a pretty nice little episode. I... I Tell you what, when I woke up this morning, I knew I had to record today. Tomorrow, I actually have to work, which blows. Um, and uh, Sunday, probably don't have anything during the day except for watching football. We have <laughs> my amazing GF, Rachel, has wanted to try this restaurant for a very long time. Very hard to get a reservation. She got one for Sunday at 9 p.m. So I will be happy to go. It'll be a great date night. It's a very inconvenient time, but I'm still going to have a great time. And she knows it's an inconvenient time. I'm glad we got in. I'm glad she planned something nice for us. It's going to be great. Uh, love you, babe. That's what I wanted to share. What we're going to do, we're going to get our music queued up. You won't hear it on YouTube because I superimpose it afterwards like a tech genius. And uh, you'll hear it on the live or on the audio stream. Here's uh, my call to action. What? What two words are spelled differently that mean the same thing or, or um, you know, sound the same that you're curious about, that you find yourself typing in your day-to-day life? Let us know. Beantown Podcast, Yahoo.com. Again, that's Beantown Podcast at Yahoo.com. Maybe we'll read some of those stories live on air. Our marathon special is in two weeks. Our countdown to uh, 200 is hot and heavy. That's going to be in early November. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Let's get our music queued up. YouTube, good to see you. I'll check in on you next time. Bye. Mm-hmm.